Hi, you're listening to You're Like Really Pretty, a podcast for the girlies and the gays that love pop culture, reality TV, and the occasional juicy political scandal. I'm your host, Kayla. Oh my god. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing per the usual. Well, it's only been a few days since I last talked to you, so not a lot of craziness has happened. I had, um, for some exciting personal news, I had a doctor's appointment today for uh, allergies. I suffer so much from my allergies, and I had read that there was a few studies done that long-term Benadryl use is really bad for like your cognitive functions and it there's studies that it can increase your chance of dementia and I live on Benadryl so I was like gotta do something about this um and so I went to the sinus and allergy and asthma doctor today I will start with the positive they were everybody was very very nice like truly it was everybody was very kind I am a little concerned about, I don't know if she was like a medical assistant or I don't know, the person that you sit down, like maybe a nurse you sit down with first before um, the doctor comes and talks to you. She was so nice and she was competent, but I was just like, is she on something? Because she was kind of like, like she'd be talking to me and kind of like nod off. And I was like, is this drugs? I don't know. Um, And then she also, so she had her like scrub pants on, but she was wearing a wife beater underneath like a smaller jacket and the bottom of the wife beater was like cut with like scissors. It was just, (laughs) I was like, what is going on here? And I had my psychiatry appointment for my meds after. And so I had my appointment at 11 And then I made my appointment for my refill with my psychiatrist at 1240. I was like, oh, an hour and a half will be more than enough time. And it's telehealth. So I was like, I'll just finish this up and then go in my car and like do my telehealth appointment with my psychiatrist. Nope. It 1230 rolls around and I'm like, so what's going on? And she's like, oh, we're going to do the allergy testing. And I'm like, well, I have an appointment in 10 minutes because I thought 90 minutes would be enough to do everything that I needed to do, but clearly not. So that was the big excitement of the day. They were really nice. They were really kind. They got me booked for next week. Um, But I was just like, this is a Scooby-Doo operation being run here. And that was pretty much it. I had school this week. I had work this week. And going to go out with my friends this weekend to Seattle. We're going to go to a comedy show. So I'm sure that will be a lot of fun. But that's about it for me. It's only been a couple days. So like nothing exciting. I mean, the sun was shining earlier. I have the windows open. So yay. Spring is coming. I don't know. Uh, the, The little groundhog, he said six more weeks at the beginning of February. So we will see. We will see. Quick little hot topic sesh. So obviously the biggest news is still the Selena Haley thing, and it doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon. There are so many TikToks and Twitter threads, and now it's on Facebook and Instagram of just like such hate towards Haley. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, it's just, people don't learn it. I don't know. It's like, yeah, was she a bitch? Yes. But like, Selena wasn't great either. So why are you guys being so crazy and saying such like awful and evil things about her? It's just so blech. And then another very big story was the Rolling Stone article that came out about the production of this HBO show um, called The Idol, and it will be starring uh, The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp, Johnny Depp's daughter. And the person who's directing it is the same director of Euphoria, Sam Levinson, I think is how 
his name is said, Levinson. And it, it was a shit show. It like sounds like it's like one of the grossest um, set stories to ever come out. And so originally, like the skinning of it is that uh, the weekend, his like creative partner, and then Sam Levinson, they were like the creators slash producers of this story. And it's supposed to be the weekend plays like this um, owner of a nightclub, but he runs like a cult on the DL. And Lily Rose Depp is a singer who is trying to make it. What was originally supposed to happen was that um, this woman was the director and she was going to direct most of it. And then she had another commitment. She was actually acting in a Marvel movie or Marvel TV show And so she was going to do, it was like six episodes and she was going to do five and then they were going to have a guest director for the sixth episode and then she was going to come back and edit it. Her name is Amy Simetz and she got through 80% of filming and reportedly the weekend, like they were sending this stuff back to HBO. They were sending it. Um, obviously, the weekend was like watching it because he's a producer. So he's watching the dailies on it. And what it was originally going to be was kind of like a dark, um, I think they said satire on fame and the fame model in the 21st century. So it was about like, this woman who, you know, gives away all her autonomy for fame and then her reclaiming it. That's what I took from everything that was said in the Rolling Stone article. And then I read another article called from Dazed. Um, and I think that's really interesting. And I, I remember when this was announced and I remember when the first teaser kind of happened. This was announced in 2021. And, like, they began shooting in 2021. And I remember there was, like, a 10-second clip of both of them that was released as a teaser in, like, early 2022 or something like that. So the weekend, he'd been involved. And then what ended up happening was he reportedly, allegedly, was, like, Uh, no, I want to scrap this whole thing because this is being told too much from too much of the female perspective and not enough of his perspective. It was too much of a feminist lens. And after he did that, because Sam Levinson, like Euphoria is one of is the biggest show on HBO. And so he was filming Euphoria, too. Um, when this was being shot and then he wrapped up Euphoria 2 and The weekend was like, nah, bro, I don't like this. And so he wrapped up, came over and went to HBO and was like, we want to restart the whole thing. And that's what they did. They restarted the entire thing. And Sam is a Nepo baby. Um, his like dad is like well known in the industry and His So I do love Euphoria because I think that it's really interesting and I think that it on some of the characters, it it shows women being multidimensional. But he does have like a preference for like nudity. And like there's this particular actress named Sydney Sweeney who has really big boobs and it's like okay, the, her showing her boobs doesn't move the plot whatsoever. Like, it it doesn't make sense. Why is she showing her boobs yet again? And the show is supposed to be about teenagers, and there's just so much nudity. And listen, I'm not a prude, like, obviously. But you have to, like, wonder, like, why? What? And so what's so strange is, like I said, there's some characters, like the character of Rue, who's like this fully realized or not fully realized, but she's on the path of being fully realized. 
um, character. And then you have the character that everybody loved in season one, Maddie, who is like this hot girl who's in this abusive relationship. And it accurately shows like teenage violence and how it's hard for it's hard for anybody to leave an abusive relationship but especially when you know your brain's not fully developed and your hormones are crazy so you see her in the second season which is iconic like there's iconic parts of it but her character only is there to like support these two other characters like she's there's like no depth to her aside from maybe one or two scenes in all of season two and um you know I think when we were watching it we were like oh they're just focusing on these other characters but then now that this article has come out it has me wondering like does he just view women as nothing more than objects for sexual frustration or sexual satisfaction it's just the story that it was supposed to be originally what was being shot that sounds like a story I want to watch that sounds like a story that I'm interested in one of the crew members described it as it was like any rape fantasy that any toxic man would have in the show and then the woman comes back for more because it makes her music better that is just I don't have interest in that and like I feel like so many filmmakers, particularly like men like Sam, they use rape as like women that that's the only way they can grow is through like brutality or violence. And it's just like it's so reductive and just played out. And I don't who like anybody want to watch something like that? I don't like I I'm a woman. I already experience what it's like to be so scared of that violence. And I've seen that story told. It's just like, ugh. yeah. So now I'm like, I kind of feel that Sam, it, it seems like he possibly could have a me too story at some point. If he doesn't, if nobody like checks his behavior, if he doesn't check his behavior and he won't because HBO has basically given him a blank check because he generates so much money for them and he's a Nepo baby. And so he's not been told no in his life. So I don't think anything, I don't think he'll look at the discourse surrounding this and be like, hmm, maybe I should modify my behavior or my ways or Maybe I'm creating a set that isn't healthy or people don't feel comfortable in. I don't think he'll do that because I don't think he has the capability to do that. Somebody like him, they're they're not asked to be introspective a lot. So I don't know. It really bummed me out because I really like Euphoria and I was excited about this. I'd completely forgotten about it because it's, it was announced two years ago. And so when I read the article, I was just like, oh my God, this is like, this is bad. This is not. And then it also the weekend, like, I guess I don't really know anything about the weekend. Like only thing I know about him other than his music is he likes drugs and he was with Bella Hadid and Selena Gomez. That's like all I know about him. I'm not really interested in getting to know him beyond that. I like his music and that's it. But I guess there's a lot of criticisms that his music is deeply misogynistic and a lot of music is deeply misogynistic. And I don't think music being misogynistic means somebody is inherently misogynistic. But you just like you collect these things of like, okay, well, I guess your music is this way. And then you ask to reshoot something that's already cost $75 million dollars because it's being told too much from the lens of a woman, you got to wonder. And there was a clip released um, after this all blew up, like the weekend released it. And it's like in the show, he's like shitting on Rolling Stone. Um, And so it's him and Lily 
and then Dan Levy, who is a great actor. And you're, you can't help but to be like, oh, he is acting circles around these two. And listen, they, he has more experience, but like the weekend is not an actor. And it was painfully apparent in that clip. And then the weirdest pairing that I have ever seen. And at first, when I first saw it pop up, I think it was last week. I was like, oh, this is, they were just at the same club. No, 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 no. Um, Avril Lavigne and Tyga are going out together often. And so people are like, these two people are together. They are dating. And what? Avril Lavigne? It's complicated? With Tyga? With Tyga. How is Tyga doing this? What? I, I can't. Those two people don't exist in the same dimension for me. And now they're allegedly dating? I'm not going to get over that. I hope it's not happening. I don't like I just want Tyga to like fade into obscurity because what? I won't get over that um, for a while because I need it to stop. But on a positive note, um, let's go back to HBO. I have been watching Succession and oh my God, you want to talk about good acting? There's not one person on that show that is like a subpar actor. It is, so I'm, I got through season one, it's 10 episodes, and then I'm on season two, episode two. I saw this TikTok from this guy who was laughing about Jeremy Strong's GQ interview. Did I already talk about this? I feel like I talked about it, but he was laughing about it. And I was like, I got to go watch this. So I went and watched it and I was like, oh my God, this dude is so like serious and just very, very intimate, very quickly with people. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people talk about Succession. It's also, it's a huge show. And like, I see it all over social media and stuff, but I got so many shows I got to watch, but I watched this and I was like, I got to get on it. And it was announced that uh, season four is going to be the last season. So I was like, I got to burn through this so I can watch season four live with everybody. It is so good. If you're thinking about watching it or you're like, I don't know, watch it. It is so good. But it is a show that you have to pay attention to because a lot happens. Some people were saying that not a lot happens until episode six. I they were like, you just got to get through the first six episodes and or the first five episodes and then episode six is much faster. I didn't get that at all. I thought things were popping off very, very quickly. And Jeremy Strong is a really good actor in it. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a show to dive into, I highly recommend Succession. It's really, really good. All right, let's start clucking about Lilo 2006 part due because first part of 2006 was, there was a lot going on. Uh, we ended it at that infamous letter that was leaked by the CEO of Morgan Creek Productions. I did forget to add a couple things from before that and around that. So one of the things that I needed to mention, these pictures didn't get leaked until June of 2007, but they were taken on June 15th of 2006. And there are these pictures of Lindsay Lohan and Vanessa Manillo, you know, Nick Lachey's husband. They're at Sean Lennon's house, John Lennon's son. And they're like posing with knives. And like they're, if you follow any nostalgia accounts, these pictures are posted so often, like so often. And I would, I would say once a day, some sort of 2000s nostalgia social media page is posting these pictures. They're really iconic and weird and yeah, they're, they're crazy. But 
So what ended up happening is they were leaked after this paparazzi company called X-17. And X-17 is the one that had all of those iconic 2000s pop culture moments. Like it's X-17 that was filming them. Like stuff I'm going to talk about later. But a X-17 paparazzi stole... Lindsay Lohan's digital camera from her car when she was at a restaurant with somebody. And so those pictures were leaked um, a year later. I also didn't add that when this letter was sent from the Morgan Creek production CEO, Lindsay obviously had not shown up for work. And then she was hospitalized for heat exhaustion. And then that's what prompted the letter to be sent to her because she was like at a restaurant partying the night before and then didn't show up to work. And obviously they were very upset about it. And then her team was like, okay, how are we going to spin this to get some sympathy? And they had her check into the hospital for heat exhaustion. So I don't think I added that. And I just wanted to make sure that I touched on that because it's important to the story. After that leak, she kind of lays low in terms of the partying, but she doesn't stop partying. At the beginning of August, her boyfriend, Harry, asked her to please get sober and stop drinking and stop abusing substances because of his family's history. Like I said last episode, his sister had died from an overdose in 2005, so just the year prior. So she reportedly does tone down the drinking, the drug use in August after like the debacle of that letter being leaked, Harry asking her to chill out. However, they don't stop partying. Like they are going out all the time, every night, staying up till five o'clock in the morning. On August 2nd, her and Harry, like after they went and partied, they went and got tattoos. Um, in the early hours of the morning, her and Harry travel to Venice for the Venice Film Festival to uh, premiere Bobby. And it's premiered on September 5th, 2006. What's super unfortunate about this premiere is that I think Bobby could have gotten her back on track because she she did the promo for it and she promoted the heck out of the movie and Venice, there's when when these stars are coming in, they ride up on boats. And unfortunately, a, she wasn't wearing underwear. Paparazzi took a picture and she didn't have underwear on. And those pictures were sold. And it definitely overshadowed everything because that's what the times were that, oh, my God, woman has genitalia. Let's just I can't believe it she's not wearing underwear oh my god this scarlet letter needs to be painted on her forehead what a Jezebel for not wearing underwear so unfortunately that overshadowed everything and then she continues with the crazy life that she leads when her and Harry were leaving the film festival trying to travel back to LA. They went through London's Heathrow airport and she noticed that her Birkin was not on the baggage trolley. And they put out like a statement with the police in London. Like there's a million dollars worth of jewelry in there. There's like these important possessions, my medication, like please bring it back. There's these iconic photos of her crying after realizing that the the purse was stolen, oh, it, it just always something with Lindsay. And it, a paparazzi ended up returning the purse and they said that it had the, all their original contents, but they wouldn't specify about the jewelry. So she got her Birkin back, but who knows really about that jewelry? Getting your Birkin stolen is excitement enough, but not in Lindsay Lohan's life. She, of course, has... Another crazy event in September. So on September 16th, she's in New York for Fashion Week and she's at a 
Fashion Week event at Milk Studios, and she ends up slipping, blames them on Chanel shoes that she slipped, and she fractured her wrist in two places. But September, there's no crazy partying. She's doing some promo for Bobby, and her and Harry are still together. Things are a little bit quieter for the last part of September, and then October 1st, and from here on out, it is a spiral downward for Lindsay. On October 1st, Harry breaks up with her because she's not sober and he's sober. And when somebody who is possibly new in their sobriety or even somebody who has 25 years in their sobriety, they often cannot be around somebody who isn't sober and somebody who is destructive and it's not good for their sobriety. So much like Nicole Richie cutting Rachel Zoe out of her life when she was getting help with her eating disorder issues, Harry has to cut Lindsay out of his life. And reportedly, she did not take it well. And it got to the point where even like her friends, like those people who leached on her, they were going to like the post in page six anonymously and saying like, we're so scared for her. She's not okay. We're scared she's about to hit rock bottom and we don't know what her rock bottom looks like because she is out of control. She does an interview later on in October where she talks to a British magazine and she's like, it's up to my mom and I to decide if I party too much. Codependency, because like what? Up to you and your mom to decide. I mean, I get it. Like she's only 20, but like, oof. That kind of framing, Dina, 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 Dina. And, you know, like if I was this out of control, I don't know. Like my mom, my mom would be doing, I'd be like, stay in the house. We're going to get you help. But no, Dina is like going to restaurant openings and red carpets. And she's just a, just a leech. So she says that, you know, it's for my mom and I to decide if I'm partying too much and I'm an angel compared to some of my friends. Okay, girl. And Lindsay is really obsessed with Angelina Jolie. Like she has talked about Angelina Jolie for 20 years and how much she admires her and how much she want. Then she was even saying, I want a career like Angelina. And so she really wants a leading role and she wanted to move into action at this point. She starts hanging out with Samantha Ronson, who is just their relationship is so sad and scary. And she's going out to like West Hollywood clubs, which WeHo is like, as that new show, Real Friends of WeHo. West Hollywood is the epicenter of gay culture, but it is a really gay and queer place. And so she's hanging out with Samantha Ronson. They don't end up actually getting together until 2008, but she's hanging out with them. She's getting drunk and reportedly this was reported by people magazine. So I'm inclined to believe it, but reportedly um, some bar person was dancing and Lindsay knocked her phone out of this person's hand and then it fell into Lindsay's table and she asked that person to be thrown out of the bar. I just, that kind of behavior, ugh, I hate that. Like celebrities who, besides Reese Witherspoon, like I already told you, celebrities who go like, do you know who I am? Besides Reese Witherspoon. Throwing somebody out of the bar because their phone dropped on your table? Ugh. October is filled with a bunch more promotion for Bobby because this really, this was like, I remember the promo surrounding this movie. It was everywhere because it was such an ensemble cast. I mean, Demi Moore, Sharon Stone, Heather Grand, Lindsay, and um, Emilio Estevez directing it. Like, it, it really was gonna be it was supposed to be such a big indie movie and it unfortunately really wasn't and what's so crazy is so she's going to like the Hollywood awards 
for promo for the movie. She's going to an Xbox Gears of War party. And I'm like, Xbox had Gears of War parties? I just, I don't know. For some reason, that's so crazy to me that Xbox had that party. There's also, in the next month, and I'll get to it in a second, one of the most iconic photos from this time is also at a video game party. So what the video games, they were popping back then, but this is for Xbox and she looks great. And what's so crazy is she's still partying so much during this time. And she really like youth it because you know how some people who drink super crazy, they like look, they look unwell and when they're up all night partying and not sleeping and drinking and not eating nutritional food, you can see it in their face, but she's only 20 years old and she looks so good. Like you wouldn't know if it wasn't so documented that she was struggling so much right here. She also goes to Paris um, in the third week of October. It looks like she was doing a lot of press for like fashion week in Paris. She went to this Gucci uh, film party and oh my God, she looks just so beautiful. I just can't get over like how good she looks and how much she's just struggling right now in this, in this moment, you look at these pictures and she just looks, she looks like a movie star still. She looks so good. And like, she's not, uh, and there's a lot of paparazzi pictures of her, like leaving her hotel. She was staying at the Ritz and her going to the airport and she just looks so chic and beautiful. And you just can't help to be like, you look like a movie star. You do have the talent. I just wish that you would just get it together. I wish you would like not be struggling so hard because you just can't help but to root for her in this moment. She was hanging out with Rumor Willis, which is Demi Moore and Bruce Willis's daughter. And at this time, Ashton Kutcher and Demi were married and reportedly Ashton was not happy about Rumor hanging out with Lindsay because she had a, a persona at this time and he didn't want his stepdaughter hanging out with her anymore. But I'm kind of like, why? Isn't he like five years older than Rumor? I'm like, why is that even being reported? Why isn't Bruce or Demi? I don't know. I'll never understand the PR game of Hollywood. So on October 29th, there's a pretty startling and concerning episode that happens and it seems like when you get the details that Lindsay may be going through some sort of manic episode or something like that because this paparazzi who happened to be walking their dog at a dog park in LA stumbles across Lindsay they recognize each other and she says that this car that's parked near her car she's in a black tinted Escalade. She says that car has been following her for two hours and she's on the phone crying and just kind of being really incoherent. And he's like, there's nobody in that car. And she's like, I've tried to call the police. The police won't help me. Like they're, they're going to try to hurt me. And this is all at six 45 in the morning. So it's like, you know, she definitely had been up partying all night. She's exhausted just a few days prior to that, she had come back from Paris doing a whole bunch of fashion week stuff. And now she's like in this crazy moment of mania or something. It's like, is it drug induced? Is it exhaustion? Is it, did, you know, she drink too much? Like it, or is it just a combination of everything? And she just is it's really scary when you read the details of what happened. A few days later, it's reported that Lindsay will be starring in a movie titled The Best Time of Our Lives with Kira Knightley. Kira's mother is the one that wrote the script for the movie, and it was going to be a British drama. So even though this is all happening and all playing out, she was still being booked for movies. She was still being sought after, not in the the way that she was for, you know, like Georgia Rule, Prairie Home Companion, not like that. But she was be, 
being given another chance. And so the best time of our lives was scheduled to begin shooting in April of 2007. The movie never came out. It never even began production because Lindsay's 2007 was a lot and things just fell through. November 2006 is the height of Lindsay Lohan, the height of her popularity, of her celebrity, of her influence on pop culture, really the height of pop culture, if we got to be honest. But really, she is so intertwined in the zeitgeist of 2000s pop culture, 2000s celebrity, 2000s movies. And November 2006 represents so many iconic Lindsay Lohan moments. And I'm going to go through them with you because they are fun. Well, the first one's not fun. So the first one, November 1st, she's at the premiere for Bobby. And yes, I know this is like the fourth time I've said that it's premiered, but there's so many premieres. There's like the international premiere, the East Coast premiere, the premiere at film festivals, and this is the premiere for Hollywood at the Chinese Theater. And she's photographed with that slime ball Harvey Weinstein. She's also photographed with Harvey Weinstein in Venice. Like, oh God, I just feel so awful for all the women who had to like be around him. He also was recently convicted of the charges in LA. So that man's going to die behind bars and good, good riddance because what a just terrible, terrible human being. November 2nd, she is photographed wearing a red chip and a red chip signifies um, Alcoholics Anonymous. And so her chip that she had said that she was 90 days sober, which I don't know about that, but it does seem like she is involved in a recovery program at this point. So the first iconic image to come out of November 2006 is when Lindsay goes to the PlayStation 3 launch party on November 8th. And at this party, you'd be like, iconic image at the PlayStation launch party? What? Yeah. She is photographed dancing with none other than Miss Kimberly Noel Kardashian. And Kim had already been really cementing herself in this era of celebrity hanging out with Paris Hilton, being photographed with Paris Hilton. But a lot of people point to her being photographed with Lindsay as kind of a, like, this girl's here. She knows people. We need to pay attention to her. And she looks so 2006, Kim. And Courtney looks like a square because Courtney is a square. It is really iconic um, because the one that gets shown the most, there's like hundreds of pictures from that night, but the one that gets showed the most, Kim and Courtney look so silly and Lindsay, like you could just, it's, it's just such a different era because <laughs> Lindsay looks so good. The photographer doesn't really care about Kim and Courtney looking good. And here we are in 2023, and now the Kardashians work with paparazzi who send them the photos so they can Photoshop it before it's posted. But, you know, 2006, it was a different time, and the picture that got circulated was Kim looking silly. And then she spends a lot of November doing what Lindsay does best in 2006, going to events. She's at the Donna Karen Gold event where she looks so beautiful. I just can't get over how beautiful she looks. She goes to another uh, Gucci fashion show. She goes on to um, the Tonight Show with that long-jawed fool Jay Leno. She performs at the American Music Awards and people are pretty concerned about her performance um, like her friends are. Uh, She also is going to a whole bunch of nightclubs during this time. Um, Just go, 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 go. And that's what leads me to believe that she, like, even though she probably was trying to work a program for her sobriety, I just, it, her lifestyle just did not indicate that she was actually sober. And 
I, there's no judgment for me on that because I know that sobriety is a really fickle thing. And I think that she was probably like, I need help, but she's 20 years old and part of this culture that really rewards partying. So this next little bit is the absolute most important part of this episode of celebrity pop culture, of 2000s pop culture. It is seared into the zeitgeist. It is such an important sequence of events. And it really is the height of Lindsay's celebrity, the height of her influence is November of 2006. So I got to go back a little bit. It starts on November 9th. And what happens is Lindsay is walking out of somewhere and paparazzi are there, of course. And the paparazzi are talking to her and they ask her about Paris. And as Lindsay gets into the car, she says, Paris is a cunt. (laughs) And the paparazzi goes, why is Paris a cunt? And Lindsay goes, I never said that. And he goes, we have you on tape. And she goes, Paris is my friend. She's been my friend since I was 15 years old. (laughs) And to this day, like, people will just say, Paris is a cunt. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's not funny, okay? Like, if you're somebody, there's a lot of people who don't like that word, and I understand. Um, I... I think that, you know, in the gay community, that word is used as like kind of a celebration. It's like, you know, retaking the word when you say somebody's cunty, you're saying like, you know, boots the house down, mama. Like, I love what you're doing. You're serving. It's sickening. All of that stuff. But Lindsay obviously was not using that word in that context. (laughs) And it's funny because it's not funny because she called her a mean word that was really derogatory and like misogynistic. It's funny because she's caught on tape and literally seconds later when she's confronted about it, she is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I never said that. I love Paris. She's my friend. I just I can't get over it. She's girl, you crazy. A few weeks later on November 26th. This It just keeps getting better and better. I just love these sequence of events. So a few weeks later on November 26, Lindsay, of course, is talking to X-17, to the paparazzi. And she's at like a hotel. And she goes and talks to the paparazzi. And she says, Paris hit her with a drink the night before. And she shows her arm. There... I to this day I've studied this video. It does not look like there's anything on it, but she alludes that there is a there is a bruise on her from Paris hitting her the night before. If you can hear the tap tap taps, I just had to pause. My pups, they run around like crazy people when I do anything. And if I leave the door closed, they'll scratch at the door and whine. And if I keep them in here, They whine to get out. So I have to leave the door. See, they're doing it again. And they just, they, they're at, it's at that point in the day where they need to chase each other. So there's only so much I can do. Okay. This is a one woman operation. And if the little tick, tick, tick bothers you, I'm sorry. Okay. I've tried yelling at them. They don't care. They just look at me like I'm stupid. Okay. Back to what I was saying. So she tells the paparazzi that Paris hit her in the arm with a drink at a party and she says it hurts and it's not okay and shows up her invisible bruise and then she said I'm sorry for that everyone thinks I'm crazy I'm not I'm just trying to act (laughs) okay girlfriend you're just trying to act we got it all right and November ends with the most iconic picture of all time. And it's still celebrated to this day. So you've heard me reference it. It's called the Bimbo Summit. That's what like the post called it. Now it's called and that's what I still call it because that's and I probably shouldn't because um, 
that's mean. But that's what it was called back then. And that's what everybody called it. And so that's what I still call it. But now it's called the Holy Trinity. And it was when the day, literally the day after she says that Paris hit her with a drink and gave her that bruise. She and Paris later said that they weren't hanging out. It was Paris and Brittany who was hanging out. And so the three people in these, this picture is Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, and Brittany Jean Spears, a.k.a. my everything, my idol. She is the most important to me. And I will not take any slander from any of you when it comes to Brittany Jean Spears. I, I won't, okay? You know what? You know how I said that I wasn't like a crazy fan like of the Beehive or of like the Seliner? I'm, I'm one of those when it comes to Britney Spears. Absolutely. I will defend her with my life. <laughs> and I'm not joking. I'm laughing, but I'm not joking. So Paris and Brittany are at some hotel party club thing and they're leaving and Lindsay runs into them and how Paris tells the story is that she Lindsay was like kind of following them and you can kind of see it on their faces that they're like girl what is you doing because she they get in the car and it's it's Paris driving and then Brittany in passenger and like Lindsay opens the door and they're being like bombarded by the paparazzi. Lindsay opens the door and like gets Brittany to move over to the middle. And I mean, just the most iconic picture to ever exist where <laughs> Paris is smiling. Brittany's looking over at Paris like, what is going on? Why is she in the car with us? And Lindsay is looking like a deer in headlights, but she looks absolutely fabulous. And the next day on the New York Post front page, um, it says Bimbo Summit. And it is celebrated every single year. Paris Hilton always posts. She's like, happy 16th anniversary to the Holy Trinity, like, it is a important moment in pop culture. And I revere it so much because I was, you know, in 2006, I was 13. This would have been my eighth grade year. And so I was addicted already to pop culture. I was like, my eyes are on E! News um, my family is a family that watched the news. This was on Como 4. They always have like a little three-minute celebrity section on local news channels. This was it. I remember it like it was yesterday that when they did their little section the next day on November 28th, I'm sitting there watching the news with my parents and they're flashing this picture of Lindsay, Brittany, and Paris. It is so important to Lindsay's career, Paris's career, Brittany's career. It is a very, very important moment that is just so revered today. And people talk about it in a much more like compassionate way. Like they, they were treated like they were at the time, like they were stupid and you know, like they called it the bimbo summit. And now it's looked back at as like, look at these women who are young, like Lindsay's 20. I'm pretty sure Brittany, she would have been like 25, 26, same with Paris. And it's looked back at as like this kind of time capsule and this moment in history, really. I've seen pictures on Twitter of people posting that picture that's in their college textbooks talking like about you know classes that are about anthropology or about like pop culture and stuff this picture is in college textbooks that is how important this picture is when Paris later talked about it on Andy Cohen watch what happens live 
she was like, no, we were not on good terms, you know, because she had called her a cunt a few weeks earlier. And Paris says that, like, she didn't want to embarrass her and kick her out of the car, which part of me feels like that isn't true because Paris has no issue embarrassing people. I mean, just like six months prior, she's running around with that greaseball Brandon Davis and calling Lindsay a fire crotch. Oh my God, these terms, they're so, oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't. Fun little story. Um, And it's not fun and it's not cool that I did this, but I obviously became obsessed with the term fire crotch and there was this kid who I did not like who had red hair and I didn't not like him because he had red hair um I didn't like him because he was a dick and he was mean to me and I would call him fire crotch and he didn't like it and I didn't like that he was mean and I didn't like that he bullied the weird kids and so I just called him a fire crotch well he went to um, our dean and told on me and then they brought me in and my dad had to come in and my dad's like, you're, you're in trouble for calling somebody fire crotch. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And uh, yeah, so if you ever listen to this, Jake, you're an asshole and you deserved it. But I shouldn't have called you names, but you shouldn't have bullied people. So we're square. Okay, back to the Lindsay stuff. So on December 1st, uh, she was spotted at a early morning AA meeting um, near her home. And uh, she had had kind of a meltdown when she was at a GQ party and she saw her publicist there, like her former publicist, and she just... She kind of has a meltdown over it. I don't, it, it, it's not clear why, but she just does. And her mom went on to um, tell Ryan Seacrest back when he was like, only had his radio show that Lindsay's been attending AA meetings. Why she's talking about this? I don't know. Like what? But she says her daughter doesn't have a problem. She just likes going to the meetings like her friends do. Come on. Dina, just absolutely insane. It's just, it's just crazy to me that like your daughter's not okay. And you're so much more concerned with making sure that instead of actually getting her help, making sure that she isn't looked at like she is an alcoholic and ugh. So a few days later, um, there. this is from the National Enquirer. And like I've talked about with the Enquirer is some of their reporting turns out to be real. And then some of their reporting is that a dog got pregnant with a human baby. So it's just like you you don't really know. And listen, I'm media literate. I can sniff out BS with the Enquirer. Like I used to be like, it's all BS. And then, you know, it came out that they were calling out Harvey Weinstein. It came out that they knew about Caitlyn Jenner um, back in the 80s. So it's I just don't know. But reportedly, the National Enquirer says that she um, overdosed it. On December 8th, she had mixed cocaine, alcohol, and Oxycontin together. On December 12th, she talks to People Magazine. And the thing with People Magazine, I think I've already touched on this, is that they are pretty credible because they are, like, if you've ever scrolled peoplemagazine.com or if you've ever, like, flipped through their magazine, there's always so many like really pretty photo shoots of celebrities of them like debuting their baby or like that they're pregnant or, you know, their turtle's first birthday. Like it's a very celebrity friendly um, 
magazine and a lot of celebrities use it to like change their public um, persona or like try to soft launch a relationship, that kind of stuff. So on December 12th, Lindsay talks to People Magazine. She talks to Jenny Sundell and says that she um, had she was going to a holiday party at uh, this club called Shag. And she was late to it. And she was like, I was late to it because I was going to AA and I've been going to AA for a year. And, you know, like her mom had just prior said that like she only goes to AA, you know, for fun um, because her friends go to AA. I mean, come on. And she also tells uh, people that she um, hadn't had a drink in over seven days. And she's like, I don't drink when I go to clubs. I drink with my friends at home, but there's no need to. And but she added, I didn't feel bad before. I never felt bad. I just wanted to find balance. I was out too much. I was too caught up. I mean, I'm 20 years old. I was off from work. I was getting ready to start a film and I was like out to just get it out of my system. I was going out too much and I know that and I have more to live than that. And she is hopeful that she can focus um, or can shift her focus from parting to her career. And she's really like over how much it's written about that she's at the clubs. The journalist asks her if she has any advice for those seeking recovery from substance abuse. And she says, I think don't do it for someone else. Do it for you because if you do it for someone else, you're going to relapse and it's not going to be a change. You really have to do something for yourself if you want it and if it doesn't work you're not meant to but I definitely think that she's referencing Harry Morton because he had asked her to get sober um in August and now it's December and I think she's saying like yeah I didn't get sober because he asked me to and now I want to get sober for me so it sounds like for at least a week or two in December of 2006, Lindsay really is trying to be sober and live a sober lifestyle. She does end up getting the opportunity for another movie and begins like training for it. So it's a movie that did end up coming out called I Know Who Killed Me, which I love that movie. It is, um, it's a cult classic now. It's an odd movie, but it, uh, it's a great, it's a great Lindsay classic. And she plays a stripper in the movie. Um, and so she starts taking classes with, uh, with this woman who is like known for teaching like aerobic striptease and everything. And so she's working hard on that and working hard on like learning the techniques and, these emails um, get leaked of hers. I'm just like, who? Oh, my God. But, yeah, she's calling the the strippers' names and stuff. And um, her publicist, like, after it was leaked, she's like, yeah, her character's a stripper. And she realizes that the job isn't easy and we should give these women credit so they, they try to spin it that, you know, she's using derogatory terms, calling them names and stuff. Um, and then there's stuff in magazines saying that, like, her friends and family are hopeful that she'll continue to be sober and they, you know, want the best for her. And that's kind of how 2006 ends is that she is had this crazy year of like highs at the beginning where she's really making moves in her career and she's really on the cusp of transitioning to an adult actress from her Disney heyday. And because of her parting and her decisions with choosing to go out and abuse alcohol and abuse drugs, 
she, what she had, it really did slip through her fingers. And part of me is like, you're, you, you know better and you're an adult and it's on you to get yourself help. But the other part of me, the really empathetic human part of me is like, this girl didn't have a chance. She was 20 years old. Her mom won't even like really acknowledge that she actually has a problem. Like she completely swept under the rug at the beginning of the year, her daughter admitting to having a problem with bulimia and having an eating disorder. And she's like, yeah, everybody goes through that. And then at the end of the year, Lindsay's saying that she's attending AA meetings and her mom's like, oh, she's just doing that like because like that's where her friends go. Like she doesn't have a problem. So it's just, you know, it's like she's obviously very close to her mom and very dependent on her mom because it's her mom who isn't. And yet her mom is like not being a mother to her and that that's that's really sad and it's like she's still just because she was legally over the age of 18 like parenting doesn't just stop when you're 18 and she really needed somebody to she needed people to just like I said like I said in the last episode she needed her team her mom the people around her to before it got to the point that it did to have her just go away and get help but they didn't they kept working her they kept having her do all of these movies and all of these freaking events and jet setting all around the world and she just never took a break that was like substantial it's like when she wasn't working she was partying and then when she was working she was partying and it just this is a 20 year old girl who is just like and you know how earlier I said that she like wasn't looking rough or anything by the end of the year when she goes to the Prive nightclub um New Year's Eve bash, she's not looking good. It finally did kind of, I mean, her not looking good is like a lot of people's normal. But like when you look comparatively to a few weeks prior, she, she's looking not well. And I'm going to end it. I'm going to go a little bit into the next year because I think I need a make sure I give a full picture of where she was at at this point. And so she ends up, so she'd spent December saying she was an AA and, you know, walking around with her red chip for 90 days, her mom doing what she's doing and her talking to people magazine. Um, and she ends up checking into rehab on January 18th, 2007. And so I, I Like I said, I really do believe that she probably had been in some sort of recovery for that year um, or, you know, maybe even a couple years, but she recognized that it gotten to a point where it, she was just on such a fast downward spiral and she needed help and it's just... It's often we hear the story of a child star who goes to rehab before the age of 21. And it's like, who is making sure that these kids, the only kid that I know that from this era that turned out okay is Hillary Duff. And even then she was 16 years old dating 25 year old Joel Madden so it's like that has its own basket of issues that sticks with you but she wasn't like she never got you know super crazy into the partying but she's like the only one like the only one I just saw a TikTok that my friend sent me Tay hi Tay you're making another appearance 
uh, she sent me this TikTok of Hillary Duff talking to Josh Peck from Drake and Josh. And Josh apparently had an, like, he's sober because he had a problem with pills and alcohol. Amanda Bynes, Britney Spears, all of these kids, just Selena, they all have these substance abuse issues. And it's like, what are we doing to them? Like the, the way we act as the public who consume this stuff, I think things are going in a better direction generally, but then you see stuff like what's happening with Selena and with Haley Bieber. And you're like, well, guess we didn't learn anything. There was the whole free Britney movement, like get her, her autonomy back, but a deeply traumatized person who has been locked up for 13 years and not even given the ability to buy herself a cup of coffee, she's acting kooky on Instagram. So we start all over like we did in 2007 with Britney of that she's crazy. And so it's just like, we don't learn, but I do think we're getting better. I just don't think that we're getting better fast enough. And Lindsay, her story really, it really tugs at my heart because she was somebody who I grew up watching, somebody whose every movie that came out, I was watching it. Mean Girls is such an important movie to me. And I just, it just makes me sad that she didn't have the family that cared about her best interests. They cared about making sure she made enough money from them. And that that's really sad. That's really sad. Um, but it seems like she might be doing better. She's had a lot of falls in between January 2007 and now. I mean, there's, I could devote a whole podcast to just talking about Lindsay Lohan and her life. But as of right now, She's married. She married a businessman that she met because she lives in Dubai. And she married a businessman there. And she did really good on the set of her Netflix movie. Um, And she seems to be doing well. She seems to be okay. She seems to be healthy. She's not talking in a weird accent or trying to kidnap kids on Instagram. So I'm hopeful that Lindsay can spend the rest of her life acting if she wants kids, having kids and being happy because everybody deserves their chance at happiness and stability. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun clucking about Lilo and the rest of her 2006 I hope maybe I could help you see Lindsay kind of in a different light or maybe like a more empathetic light. Or maybe I prompted you to Google the Holy Trinity picture and your life is forever altered for now knowing about that. I want to thank you so much for all the support I've been getting. I have have like 180 unique listeners and like Four of those listeners are from outside of the United States, and I am just so humbled that there's just even that many people who care about just my silly musings in this microphone, and then all the people who I know in real life who have been so supportive of me. Thank you so much. It means so much that I have that love from the people I care about and they care about me. I hope you had fun while you were doing your makeup, drinking your coffee, driving to work. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.